The New Orleans Saints have massive salary cap decisions to make in 2022, or do they? Host of Locked on Saints, Ross Jackson, joining us today to break it all down. And who's the favorite to win a wide-open NFC South? Coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson here with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Feel free to start firing off those Twitter Tuesday questions for next week. We are going to finish our week, though, with one of our own. Joining us now is Ross Jackson, the host of Locked on Saints. He is a superstar behind the scenes of every single podcast on the NFL side of the Locked on Podcast Network, including the Peacock and Williamson show as well. So it is my pleasure to bring on the superstar that is Ross Jackson to the program. Welcome to the show, Ross. Uh, love chatting ball with you. And uh, I got to say, we talked a little bit about it off the air, but kudos to you. Kudos to the whole team. I love all the work the network has done. And I know you've been the point man and, and a huge part of all of the work from the Senior Bowl and the Super Bowl. So congratulations on that. And thanks for jumping on with us today. Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate all of that. Uh, that means a ton. You know, I love the work that I get to do because I get to do it with all of you guys. So thanks for making it easy. Thanks for making it fun. God, uh, glad to be here with you. Yeah, I love how you are the conduit to our fearless leader and CEO and founder of the network, David Locke. So when Matt and I do this awesome show, you see, you go to David and you're like, hey, check out, check out uh, this Peacock and Williamson episode. It's pretty awesome. You can thank me for that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I will tell you, David and I talk about this and I wanted to make sure that I said it when I came on the show. We talk about this all the time. The Peacock and Williamson NFL show is the best NFL podcast that there is. Like the, the show that you guys do is better than any of the other products out there trying to cover the entire league because you guys are really, really plugged in and really, really have the ability to turn these national stories local and make them matter to every audience. So thanks for all the hard work, you guys. Oh, go on. I, I, I mean, completely agree with that. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mean, there's so much to talk about with the Saints, and we got to get yeah. into the division as well, which is more wide open than ever, I think. Um I don't even know where to start. Let's start with the coaching staff first because we have to know how that's structured to know what the product on the field is going to look like for the Saints, right? So Dennis Allen becomes head coach. Is he calling the plays as defensive coordinator as well? Who's the defensive coordinator that's going to run that uh, that defense? It still has a ton of talent on it. And then Pete Carmichael <coughs> on the offensive side, is he going to stick around? Is he the offensive coordinator? Because he, he turned down the opportunity to interview for the head coach job, right? So uh, I was on a local yeah. station there Ross in uh, in Louisiana, and they asked me what's going on with the Saints offensive coordinator thing, and Pete Carmichael. And I said, I don't know. I was hoping you guys could tell me because it doesn't make any sense. So, what's going on with the coaching staff there for the Saints? First of all, and, and Ross, real quick yeah, along those lines, yeah, do you think they're just trying to keep status quo? We had a good thing going. Let's just keep it rolling. Not too many changes. I, let me let me start there because Matt, I think that's exactly what this okay. is. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. you listen to you know Mickey Loomis, Gail Benson, even Sean Payton kind of talked about it during his ninety-three minute farewell presser uh, that he did with New Orleans media. That was pretty cool. Uh, but I mean, they have all talked about how it is not time to rebuild. It is not time to uh, you know completely blow everything up. And one of the things that Mickey Loomis mentioned was the the 
uh, intent to maintain sort of the nucleus of the New Orleans Saints, even with Sean Payton gone. So I think status quo is exactly right. And you've seen it so far. Dennis Allen moving from defensive coordinator to head coach seemed like these the most obvious thing that the Saints could do and probably should have done, and they did it. Uh, so that's your head coach. Then with the offensive coordinator, they whatever happened with Pete Carmichael behind the scenes, I, I'm hoping to figure out a little bit more about that later. But yeah, no, he actually declined to interview for the head coaching position. And then news came out that he would maintain with the offensive staff, but that he would not be the offensive coordinator. And then something happened that made, that made him say, all right, I will be the offensive coordinator. I don't know if the intent of him sticking around with the offensive staff, but not being the offensive coordinator was more team driven or more Pete driven. But at this moment, now, at this point, Pete Carmichael is your offensive coordinator moving forward, which again, I think is the right thing for the New Orleans Saints. It's sort of what we all expected. And then we were surprised to hear when that originally wasn't going to be the case. He'll be able to maintain what it is that Sean Payton did. He was you know, part of the four people. There are kind of four people that know Sean Payton's offense better than anybody. That is, of course, Sean Payton, Drew Brees to start off with. Then Joe Lombardi, who's now with the Los Angeles Chargers. And then Pete Carmichael was that last guy. So I think that's a big part of the status quo. And then to push the status quo idea further, your two leading candidates in-house for defensive coordinator – our defensive line coach and assistant head coach, Ryan Nielsen, who's a bit of a rising star, and then Chris Richard, former defensive coordinator, as well as secondary coach, helped to bring up the uh, Legion of Boom, for instance, in Seattle years ago, and then has been the Saints defensive backs coach for the last year. All right, so that's the coaching staff. We will get to the salary cap, and that, that's going to be a segment, I think, all on its own. Oh, I want to yeah. talk about some of the players because well let's hold off on on free agents just because that ties in with the salary cap but what mm -hmm. the heck is going on with michael thomas is he going to play for the saints uh is there a way that it helps the salary cap if he's the guy who's somehow gone um what's going on there and what do you expect to happen with the passing game because i mean Taysom hill red trevor simeon ian book definitely not like i don't how do you how do you win games and how do you get better with the current quarterback and passing game situation, even if Sean Payton was still there? Um, I will start with the quarterback spot. The quarterback for the New Orleans Saints of 2022 isn't currently on the roster. I will tell you that it is, oh. it is it, it, the 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 expectation is that uh, it, it very likely will not be Taysom Hill. It, it, you know, Ian Book wants to compete for the spot, but it seems unlikely that it will be Ian Book. The New Orleans Saints are going to turn every stone that they can to find their next quarterback, but they might not have to go very far. They might just look to return Jameis Winston. I and say, are I, you including Winston on that? Because he's a UFA for people who don't know. I mean, right. he's not on the roster. So yes, your yeah. statement includes Winston as a possibility, I assume. Absolutely. And and okay. I think he's and I think he's the top possibility, honestly, because he's the one I that makes him the come to Pittsburgh. Right? I, I think he's oh, pretty sure. good. Yeah. I, I think, I think yeah. I think that's going to be the biggest factor. That would be the thing that would keep him from returning to New Orleans is the amount of money he might be able to make in Pittsburgh, right? Like, I think mm -hmm. that would be, I think those two, the Steelers and Saints, would be the ones to kind of battle it out for Jameis Winston. But I think that keeping Pete Carmichael, keeping the system that led Jameis Winston to 14 touchdowns to three interceptions over the seven games that he played in 2021, I think that gives them the real opportunity to return him in 2022 and give him an opportunity on probably like a short two or three year deal. But he's got to clear rehab. He's got to go. He's got to show his recovery. He's got to get cleared, all that other stuff. Now, to, to answer the question real quick, uh, Ryan, about your question about Michael Thomas, the expectation around Michael Thomas is that he will be a New Orleans Saint in 2022. 
2022. And he is also a cost-saving measure, which we'll talk about when we get to salary cap, because you can restructure his deal, save money, and keep him on the team in 2022, which would be huge for whoever that quarterback is in 2022. Matt, I have a question for you as it pertains to Jameis Winston. If yeah. if the Saints aren't willing to keep him and he, and he hits free agency and he, be, he becomes somebody available for the Pittsburgh Steelers, wouldn't that be a sign that maybe the Steelers don't really want to go down that route either? So it's hard for me to see uh, a logical scenario unless teams are really willing to overpay for Jameis Winston. But, but I think that's part of the 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 allure with Jameis Winston is, if especially for the Saints, is, you know, you don't have to go high level quarterback money. You can probably keep it a shorter term deal just because of where he's at and injuries and everything in his career. And you don't have to pay any draft picks in trade to get this player who could potentially be a playoff quarterback for you. And he already knows your system. But if the Saints don't want that, then that would probably be a red flag for me if I was in charge of the Steelers. I'd be like, well, if the Saints don't want him and they know him best because he's been there, maybe he's not the right answer for us either. The way you phrase that, yes. I mean, if the incumbent team that knows you best and is on top of the injury, as Ross mentioned, is declining to talk contract with you, that would be a red flag without question, especially because it's the same system. It's not like, oh, it's a whole new offense coordinator that doesn't like what Jameis brings to the table. But Ross kind of mentioned this earlier, too. I mean, they're not going to franchise him. I mean, unless they get a deal done before free agency opens, he is going to become a free agent, maybe with the thoughts of, Tampa, Washington, Pittsburgh, and New Orleans are all calling his agent. Get a little bidding war. And I think we are going to see something like that. And I think it's so unlikely, although there are some teams with a lot of picks that could go into the trade market after Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. I just feel like it's going to really push up the value because those guys aren't going to be available and teams are going to not feel right about the Deshaun Watson situation, which still has no clarity at right. all this offseason, right. a year later. See, I think that's what benefits Winston, is he gets to sit right. back and say, okay, let's maybe a couple teams are after me now, where a year mm-hmm. ago or two years ago they weren't. Yeah, so he Winston, played really, to Ross's point, I thought he played really well. I mean, and, no one seems to, with no receivers. Yeah, yeah, people kind of forget right. how good yeah. that started to look, right, Ross, at the beginning of the season with yeah. Jameis Winston? Yeah, and that was, as, as Matt was just saying, that was without... Michael Thomas, that was without a a bona fide number one or number two or, excuse me, X or Z receiver. Like your best threat there was, you know, uh, Marquez Calloway, who is probably more of a big slot guy. And then, you know, Deontay Harris, who is, you know, he's electrifying with the ball in his hands, but, you know, he's not going to win a jump ball for you down the field like he used to be able to do with Mike Evans, for instance. And so for him to be able to turn that unit into what he did, it it was really impressive. More with Ross Jackson coming up. We've got to talk salary cap, and I'm going to sit back and let him explain this stuff. It just makes me cross-eyed for the most part when it comes to <laughs> the way some of these salaries and, and, and the, the contracts are constructed and how the league works in some of these ways. We're going to find out what the words simple restructure mean. Coming up with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints and then talk NFC South, which looks pretty darn wide open going into the 2022 offseason next. Football might be over this season, but basketball full steam ahead, both pro and college hoops. The tournament coming up, which is one of the most fun things to bet on, and you will find those lines and odds and player performance props at betonline.net, the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And you can still bet on football, Super Bowl futures, getting a little bit bullish on the Saints talking about uh, that team with Ross Jackson. And and maybe we'll find out if those cap problems aren't problems at all in New Orleans. Can they find a quarterback? You can probably get some good odds on the Saints if they do NFL draft props as well. 
Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores and news this season. Head over to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions at Bet Online, where the game starts. Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints and Locked On NFL with us today. Go ahead and give him your second listen after, of course, you make Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Ross, 79.733641 million dollars over the cap currently is what OTC, overthecap.com, our friends there, uh, have listed as the cap space. So the Saints need to clear almost $80 million of cap space just to be able to start doing anything in 2022, right? But I see simple restructure here. And I see a number that's even bigger than that, which is $101 million of restructures that the Saints could potentially... Um, have and make and, and simple restructures you don't even have to have players permission right you could just convert base salary into, into salary cap push that into the future with the sap the salary cap going up in 2023 mm-hmm. is is the $80 million over the cap that the Saints are right now really just not even a problem at all do they snap their fingers and that somehow amazingly goes away and, and Ross real quick you know we mentioned the term yeah. status quo in the first segment about let's keep running this thing back well, for this team, the salary cap problems are status quo. It's what they do every year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talk about $80 million, and my favorite thing to be able to say about that is that it's chump change. It's chump change to the New it's Orleans Saints in yeah. terms of what they want to do. Remember remember last year, they were over $110 million over the salary cap. So, you know, they're 30, minute, they're 30 uh, million uh, less. And this is why I love that people make Peacock and Williamson, the NFL show, their first listen of the day, because you're able to yes. go through this kind of stuff. And be able to talk about this in like the greatest detail. So let's talk about it. Uh, yes, Brian, the idea of the simple restructure is that you take a base salary and then you restructure it down to a minimum salary and then take whatever the difference of that is and then spread it out over however many years are on the contract. And the Saints who are never afraid to add void years on contracts, these ghost years. Uh, you know, you remember a couple of, uh, I think two years ago, the Saints signed. Um, Taysom Hill to a bit to uh, an extension off of an RFA tender. And he had what was effectively a, you know, two year, $20 million type of deal. But in the official books, it was a, you know, four year, $140 million deal Mm -hmm. because of the fact that they gave him $35 million in air quotes for each season. So that when they restructured the contract (laughs) or when they extended him later, they wouldn't be sort of, up against the ceiling that they couldn't surpass. And so the Saints do that with all the contracts. They did it with Taysom Hill. They did it with Jameis Woods. They did it with Marshawn Lattimore. They did it with Teron Armstead. So they do these kinds of moves all the time. And the thing that, that I – like adding another credit card to your wallet? Yeah, basically. Like every <laughs> yeah, like every like one of those every one of those players just becomes a line of credit. Effect. Right, right, right. And then you take that sort of line of credit, and then you can move that money around really however you want because the NFL salary cap – it's so easy to maneuver around, and you have these great guys like Mickey Loomis and Kai Hartley who are in the, the front office for the New Orleans Saints that know how to navigate all of this. So let's say that – let's look at one player here, um, Bradley Roby. $10 million salary cap hit next season, all of which is a base salary, none of which is guaranteed. If the Saints wanted to keep Bradley Roby around, the easy thing would, to do, honestly, would just be to extend him and give him a new deal, right? Mm-hmm. But they could also restructure him and then, and then bounce some of that money into the future if they don't want to commit to him long-term. The vet minimum for players that have been in the NFL uh, seven or more years next season is $1.12 million. <laughs> so the Saints could effectively take that $10 million salary cap 
and then knock it down basically $8.8 million. They could then add four years to his contract and extend that out. So they would pay another $2.2 million this year. And all of a sudden they go from a $10 million contract down all the way to basically a what $3.4 million contract. And then they've saved $6.6 million. I know I just used a lot of numbers and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is that with one move, they can chop down a base salary by two thirds of what it originally cost. And that's before getting to the things that they've also planned ahead of those simple restructures that Brian was talking about. Let's stay there for one second and correct me if I'm wrong. The ri- there's a, the only risk of doing that is if the player isn't really in your long-term plans. As usual, I spin everything back to the Steelers. They did it with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown went crazy and then it kicked <laughs> them in the butt. You know, so like that's the only way it can really hurt you, right? Yeah, and I would dare call the Antonio Brown situation extenuating circumstances. Yes, I think that it was, th- you know, I think it was fair for the Steelers to say this guy's a part of our long term plans, and then things just kind of happen. And but yes, that's exactly right. The, you know, you look at you know maybe restructuring a Malcolm Jenkins who's nearly at the end of his career, right? Right. Maybe right. that's not the smartest choice. But the Saints could go a different route there, and they could you know manipulate the contract in other ways. And so that would be the place you're absolutely right to where you know you look at him and say "Mm, maybe that's not necessarily what we expect to have that player around for two or three more years so then we don't have to worry but the thing about it is that tomorrow that you know running back sort of a long shelf life you know he might not be worth it two years down the road or whatever you know right okay and and so what the saints will do instead is that on those players what they'll do is that they'll do a instead of a simple restructure to a base salary, they'll add roster bonuses to those players. So for instance, a guy like, let's say, I don't know, uh, Marcus Davenport, when they extend him, which I expect that they will at some point, uh, they'll probably give him in his second or third year a double-digit million-dollar roster bonus of some sort. Ten to mm-hmm. fifteen million dollars tends to be where they they do this, which players way, love because they get a big right. check and they stick it in the bank. You know, right. Right. right? And then instead of extending, or rather, excuse me, instead of restructuring the base salary, they restructure the roster bonus because the plan is to have him on the roster next year, but it might not be to have him on the roster three years from now. So you were going to pay the money anyway. Right. So you're mm-hmm. you're already accounting for the money. And that's my favorite part is when people talk about the St. Salary Cap situation, it's as if the expectation is that they're gonna wake up on March fifteenth and say, We're how far over the salary cap? <laughs> like as if it was brand right. new information. Like, sneaks up on them, right. Right, right. But they plan That's why the COVID thing year. screwed everybody up because that, that was the sneak up on everybody. Yes. That yeah. was the one where it really did. And so that was the, you know, a lot of folks talk about you know, eventually this is all gonna catch up with the Saints. You saw it catch up with the Saints and they mm-hmm. were still nearly a playoff team. Yep. I mean, I remember that year, the Saints, Eagles, and Steelers were the ones that really could at least afford the cap to not, you know, go up like it was expected because of COVID. Right. Right. And let me correct myself. Sorry. You're right. That season, they actually were a playoff team. That was 2020, 2020 that that happened to them as opposed to 2021. So, contrary to popular belief for us, all of a sudden, they're not going to trade Kamara, Ramchek, and Cam Jordan for seventh round picks. That's correct. Yes. And, and, and in fact, those would be worse financial decisions than the restructuring would be. I have multiple questions here, Ross. First of all, so taking a contract you talked about, like the Taysom Hill deal, some mm-hmm. of it almost seems like it's performative and they're like, hey, let's screw with all the fans and just add extra stuff for no reason to make it look like we did something magic to get out of this salary cap stuff. Why are you throwing like, why would Taysom Hill ever have extra zeros at the end of his contract in future years? Like, like what is the point of adding all that funny money at the end of the deal? Mm-hmm. So basically what happens is that if you plan to, if you sign somebody to a contract 
and then look to extend them within 12 months, you can't extend them for a yearly value higher than what they're currently signed to. So that's why they do the funny money thing so that they don't put a ceiling on a player. They did the same thing with Marshawn Lattimore Mm -hmm. when they had him on his fifth year option. They restructured him out of his fifth year option, first of all, gave him three extra years in the deal that knocked his fifth year option tag or hit down. But each of the four years that they added in ghost years, they gave him a $35 million cap hit of fake money so that when they restructured him, they could note that he had room to negotiate. It, it, it's a player loyalty thing. Whereas if they did it, but then they only put $10 million in each of those years. If they tried to restructure within a year, which is exactly what they would try to do or extend him within a year, the NFL and the CBA would not allow them to go above a $10 million per year uh, amount. So that's why they do that. The fact that a couple of national folks grabbed it and tweeted it out as if it was an actual contract, that's where the funny business comes in, in terms of messing with fans and things like that. But when it comes to what the New Orleans Saints are doing, it's a player loyalty deal. So many teams should be listening to this conversation, namely the Packers, you know, that have also have right. massive, you know, cap issues and are trying to contend. So my takeaway, and correct me if I'm wrong, is they're not going to trade the Cam Jordans for nothing, but Marcus Williams and Teron Armstead are the upcoming UFAs. They got to be tough to keep though, right? It, so Marcus Williams is going to be the one that would actually be tied to the salary cap. Teron Armstead, they might decide not to move forward with Teron Armstead just simply based on his injury history because actually it would save them money to keep him because if they let him walk, it's a $13.4 million dead cap hit in 2022. All that money accelerates to then. So actually keeping Teron Armstead would save them money because then they could hmm. re, they could build the restructure in such a way. And thanks to the CBA getting done prior to the 2020 season beginning, it, there's no cap on – how much of a difference a first year base salary is from a second year base salary. You could have a $1.12 million base salary in year one, and then a $20 million base salary in year two. It doesn't matter. There's no limit on that. That was why the CBA getting done before 2020 was so important. And so for the saints, actually keeping Toronto Armstead would allow them to knock down his salary cap hit in 2022. So actually, the reason if they don't keep Tron Armstead will really come down to his injury history availability and their comfort with potentially moving Ryan Ramchek to left tackle or finding another solution in the yeah, draft or free right. agency at left tackle. But Marcus Williams would be the one that would be tied to the salary cap. Uh, the thing that helps because the he was franchised last week because here? yeah, because he was franchise tag last year, $10 million. If they did it again this year, it'd be $12 million, which is not out of the question for the new Orleans saints. I will say that they already have framework for a contract because they tried to get him extended before the, the franchise tag deadline. So they have a little bit of a head start and then they can basically adjust that based on his 2021 performance. But I wouldn't be surprised if they can't get the contract done before it's time to tag folks. I wouldn't be surprised to see them tag Marcus Williams again on the last day. So that they would get the opportunity to try to extend him into the offseason. And the, the reason that Armstead has a dead cap hit even though he's a free agent is because he's got prorated signing bonus for on a a void year in 2022 is that correct that's correct yeah i I think it's a couple years like 2022 plus a a year or two and that that is a part of the the restructuring that you're willing to take that hit got it so that is where the can getting kicked down the road does start to hurt the salary cap for the saints but it sounds like ross you're not worried about it in 2022 and maybe not ever worried about that can being kicked and being due at any point in the near future for the saints 
Yeah, I mean, especially when we're talking about the new TV deal for the NFL looking to skyrocket the salary cap 2023, 24, 25. I just think that, you know, the Saints will be able to make the decision about when they want to say, all right, let's get out from under all of this if they want to do that. Otherwise, they'll just continue to kick the can down the road each season. All right. The under the salary cap New Orleans Saints, how good will they be in 2022? Let's take a look at the NFC South with Ross Jackson next. Get your diet right. High protein, low sugar, low carbs. It's what you're looking for in a snack. Built Bar has got you covered. Only 130 calories in most Built Bars. Only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 net carbs, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. So when you're putting your next fitness and health routine together, make sure you make Built Bar part of that plan. Brand new strawberry flavor, which is delicious. Have you tried the puffs, by the way? Unbelievable. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Yeah, I said it. Fluffy, marshmallowy. Not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-protein. Replace those candy bars in all of your secret stashes. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. You can get a mixed box of Built Bars too if you're not sure which one of the delicious flavors you want to get. That is promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at built.com. Let's just say that the Saints, is it the most likely scenario you think, Ross, that the Saints are able to do everything? And so you have Michael Thomas, you have Armstead, you have Williams, you have Jameis Winston. They Can they do all that? And do you think it's likely that that happens? And if that does happen, how good are the Saints in 2022? Yeah, I would say that if they can do three of those four things, Jameis Winston, yeah, Michael Thomas, and yeah. It sounds and, a little pie in the sky to do all, <laughs> you know, right, right. Yeah, it'd be great. Don't get me wrong. But if they could do all, if they could do three of those four things and keep Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, I, I'm all, we already expect is going to be on the roster in 2022. He'll be a cap saving measure himself. So it won't cost them money to keep him. In fact, keeping him will help them keep guys like Marcus Williams and bring guys back like Jameis Winston. So if they could do those three things, I, I don't know if Teron Armstead's going to be a Saint next year. I don't know how much they want to invest in him on the other side of 30 with his injuries as much of a staple point and one of the best left tackles in the NFL when healthy he may be um, the Saints just have they have future plans already built in they have a secession after him so if they decided to do that then I wouldn't be surprised but if they do that then all of a sudden they're in an NFC South with you know a couple of teams that might be floundering at this point because the Saints aren't the only ones with you know high profile free agents on the way we are on the way out so i think that if the Saints can do that then they certainly end up being a team that if they can stay healthy which was a huge problem for them last year in 2021 then they could still compete for this division yeah i mean so much will change i mean uh, tampa could trade for russell wilson and then right. i change my tune or who knows but uh, as it's the way you laid it out if i had to put a chip down right now i'd probably take the Saints to win the division and certainly to be one of the top seven in a pretty weak conference, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, the NFC South is pretty wide open at this point. The, the Falcons, I don't know about you guys, but the Falcons to me always feel like they're they're a couple years behind a rebuild. Like they just don't have the secession plan in place that they need behind Matt Ryan, losing Calvin Ridley. They replaced Julio Jones with Kyle Pitts and basically kind of made a lateral move there. And so I feel like, and they really haven't paid attention to their defense. You look at Carolina, they're still struggling with that. I think they with, might I, pick first overall, Ross. I think Atlanta really disaster. And, and they have the only yeah. good quarterback in the division right now. Right, <laughs> right. right. Yeah, right. they have the best quarterback there at the moment as we speak, for sure. 
And, you know, you look at Carolina, I think Carolina could be a surprise team within the division because we just don't know who they are right now. I don't know that they know who they are right now. But if they figure that out, then all of a sudden, hey, they've got some really good talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, I, I don't disrespect Carolina, but I just don't know if they have the leadership that they need uh, at this point. And then, you know, Tampa, if they start Kyle Trask next season, then, you know, you don't know what to expect in that situation, period. Plus all of the outgoing free agents that I'm sure they'll be able to keep more than they'll lose. Uh, but keeping the coaching staff together again was is really good for Tampa. So we'll see how that works out. But I, I think that, you know, outside of the way that it looks within the division, uh, the conference, as you mentioned, is kind of wide open in a way. I mean, the, yeah, the Rams, if they, if they right, like if, if the Rams stay together. Uh, I know there was all the conversation about Aaron Donald and Sean McVay and all these other things, but they seem pretty happy at their parade. But how much of that was their actual like future plans and how much of that was the actual festivities itself? Um, and been drinking for look, five days straight. I'm yeah. Sure say anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. I don't know. Was run it back. Was run it back. Give me another bud. Like, is that actually what right, it was? Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. But like you have all of that and then you have the, you know, all the question marks around the Green Bay Packers. But outside of that, like the 49ers, the Cowboys, and then who in the right, division? Right. Who's ready to or, excuse up? me, the conference. And the Rams, um, speaking of as cap space and possible restructures, we were talking about the Rams the other day. It's like, how can they keep this together with the Stars and Scrubs? And how do you pay OBJ? And how do you pay Von Miller? Uh, right. I mean, it pales in comparison to the Saints. They, they're only $22 million over the cap. And they have $71 million nothing. in possible simple restructures, which would put them like $50, $50 million under the cap. So maybe the Rams right. can keep this thing going as well. So why are you even sure. looking at the salary cap at this point? Salary <laughs> cap's think- a myth. Yeah, it's 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 a question I find myself having to both ask and answer every offseason. It's like, why are we still worried about the salary cap? Because these teams are they they know what they're doing. And you know, Les Need is is one of the other guys that's you know up there in terms of teams that are willing to and able to maneuver the salary cap. I would put them up there with the Steelers, up there with the Saints, up there with a couple of other teams that have just found their way to make it work. The only so team, another, sorry, sorry to interrupt, Matt. The only team that looks like the cap might really start to squeeze them a little bit is the Packers because they're the only team in the NFL. If you applied all of their simple restructure possibilities to their roster, it wouldn't be enough to get them under the cap. They'd still be about $5 mm-hmm. million dollars over the cap, according to overthecap.com. So maybe it'll squeeze right. the Packers and trying to give Aaron Rodgers a two-year, you know, $50 million per year contract might be a little bit difficult uh, for that roster. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have one Saints-specific question for you still. I mean, they have the 18th pick in the first round. Mm-hmm. I think every mock I've seen has them either taking a quarterback, often Matt Corral, but whoever, uh, Pickett, Willis, whomever, or a wide receiver. Do you think that's money in the bank? Or I'm sitting here thinking maybe that's a tackle. You know, maybe that's Penning or a guy like yeah. that. I I very much expect not let me not say expect let me say it this way I would not be surprised at all to see the Saints go offensive line offensive tackle in particular as you mentioned in the first round the wide receiver classes continue to be extremely deep they do need to start investing in that position in the draft they, they absolutely have to but it doesn't mean that you have to do it at 18 uh, you know there and and what I think I would you know, the Saints are usually really aggressive and I don't think that's going to change just because Sean Payton's gone I think that's more so you know general manager work between Mickey Loomis and then the uh, college scout as well as assistant general manager in Jeff Ireland, these guys love to move up in the draft. So if I could see them, what I would see them doing in terms of a quarterback, if they decide they want to get a quarterback in the first round, which I don't know is entirely worth it in this uh, in this season, if I'm being right, honest, right. in this class, but if they fall in love with a the guy and they want to get a fifth-year option on him, which is valid, 
I could see them doing what the Baltimore Ravens did with Lamar Jackson a few years ago and trading back into the first round as opposed to yeah. grabbing somebody at 18. But at 18, guy like Charles Cross out of Mississippi State, a guy like Trevor Penning, who you mentioned, those tackles are the ones that I would really, really watch. As much as I know the sexy pick would be the wide receiver, I wouldn't be surprised to see them continue to invest in the offensive line. It's what they've always done. They've always done, especially mm-hmm. interior, you know, when right. Breeze was there because of his he's short. Right. Fantastic stuff. Stuff That is Ross Jackson. You can find him on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. He's talking about the Saints daily. He's on Locked On NFL as well. Uh, he's doing so many things for the network behind the scenes that nobody will ever know about or see except for when we tell them. And just know that uh, every time you hear a good podcast on the network, you can thank Ross Jackson for it. So go uh, thank him at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. Ross, appreciate the time, man. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks so much for having me on, man. Uh, This was was a very fun conversation. I appreciate you. Thanks to Ross. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on Peacock and Williamson. For your second listen, check out Ross on Locked On Saints, Locked On NFL, Q Myers doing Locked On Bets on the sports betting world every day, Matt Williamson, Locked On Dynasty Football. I'm doing Locked On 49ers. Your team is covered right here on the network. It is your team Every day after all on the Locked On Podcast Network, Matt and I back Monday right here, Peacock and Williamson.